The following podcast deals with mental health. While informative and hopefully entertaining, it is not a substitution for speaking to a mental health professional. If you or someone you care about is experiencing a mental health issue, please consult your physician. Welcome everybody to Mind in the Gap. I'm the mad scientist, Dr. Dennis Cutter. Okay, my kings, queens, and all points in between, glad you dropped in. But this episode is going to be a woodshed moment. No gimmicks, no guests, just you and me having a teachable moment. If you're here, then you have at least some interest in mental health, and that is wonderful. But you heard the disclaimer at the start of this broadcast. This program is for education and entertainment, not for treatment. There's a lot of media out there nowadays about mental health, and for the most part, I kind of think that's great. Part of the reason I'm even doing this program is to raise awareness and reduce the stigma associated with mental health. The big problem is there's almost too much information out there now. Some of it's conflicting. Some of it is downright inaccurate. Being self-aware of your mental health? Great. Looking for answers? Fan-freaking-tastic. But you cannot, I repeat, cannot diagnose yourself and expect to get results. Self-diagnosing is becoming a major problem for people with mental health issues who are concerned about their conditions, but reluctant to actually seek out proper treatment. It is far too easy to go down that rabbit hole. You can spend 15 minutes on TikTok and be fully convinced you have any number of diagnoses. Next thing you know, you're on Google looking up treatment options for things you may not even have. There are over 150 disorders in the DSM-5, and that is the guideline for mental health providers to determine which symptoms lead to specific diagnoses. Even as a professional, it can be hard to narrow things down enough to have an exact idea what's going on with you. A word of caution for most of you out there, you are not a healthcare professional. For God's sakes, stay off of Google and WebMD. When you see a licensed medical health provider, you are screened properly. We don't just look at things on the surface. We rule out what are called differential diagnoses. These are things that could be happening, but eliminated as options once it's determined that specific criteria is not present or present to firmly state that this is what we're working with. It's deductive reasoning. We start broad, narrow it down from there. And then, and only then, do we determine treatment. That takes years of training, years of experience, and to be perfectly honest, we don't always get it right. But usually we're at least close enough that we could come up with a plan of care that helps with the symptoms and can be adjusted when it doesn't work. You can't do that on your own. And for those of you who are healthcare professionals, you know better. There's a reason why a psychic never hits the lottery. They're too close to read on their own behalf. Well, plus most people out there that claim to be psychic are either delusional or con artists. But that's a topic for another day. We can be some of the worst when it comes to seeking help. Those of us who are in healthcare can be really bad patients. The whole ignorance is bliss thing applies here because when you know too much, you start running through screenings on your own. 
A word of advice from my colleagues. You are too close to your own problems to be objective. Consult a specialist. Get the correct feedback from a neutral party who knows what they're doing. I've been in this field for a while now, and even though I know what works for most people, I also know what works for me, and I have a guy to help me with that. The simple truth is, mental health is not an easy thing to live with, especially when you're struggling, but it's equally difficult to treat unless you seek the right care. I'll give you an example. I got into a conversation a while back with a nice enough young lady, but the moment she found out what I did for a living, the floodgates opened. She started rattling off her whole life story, then start listing off a myriad of things she thought she had between bipolar, ADHD, autism, and whatever else she could come up with to explain her frequently problematic behavior and life choices. Well, she may not be on the spectrum. She may be. I do know what she was on at the time. A few other things. Methamphetamines, hallucinogens, alcohol, someone else's medical cannabis. Does she have problems? Oh, sure. But has she seen an actual professional to get an accurate diagnosis or the proper treatment? <laughs> nope. That leads us to another important topic. Self-medicating. Self-medicating is not just problematic. It can be dangerous. Now, I'm not talking about healthy coping skills that you can do on your own without a prescription, like diet, exercise, positive interaction with other people, although even that may not be enough. No, I'm talking about those out there that think, hey, this medication or other substance makes me feel good. Let me take a shot at that. I have people who can't sleep without alcohol. I have people who smoke cannabis daily and wonder why they can't function. But even things that are otherwise okay can be problematic. I'm not talking about misusing prescription. We'll get to that. Food can be addictive. Sex can be addictive. Isolated from the outside world can be addictive. Hell, even sleep can be a means of avoiding your problem. Anything done without moderation and interferes with your ability to understand and control your thoughts and emotions is not healthy. Let's talk meds for a moment. For the most part, they can be helpful when taken the correct way and under the supervision of a prescribing professional. You may not get what you want, but you might get what you need, as the Rolling Stones would say, especially when it comes to prescriptions. We're going to get more in-depth about drug-seeking behaviors in a later episode, but we can briefly talk about it here too, because it relates to the subject at hand. I've had a number of patients coming in to see me who are very specific about what they want. Adderall to replace meth, Xanax because they're withdrawing from opiates, medical cannabis, which I don't even prescribe, but even if I did, they wouldn't be approved. I get a lot of these, well, there are only these things that help me, or I'm struggling, why won't you write me enough just to get me through the month? No attempts at rehab, no attempts at finding a medication that is not a controlled substance, no non-pharmaceutical interventions. To top it off, the prescription meds that work for them have never been legally obtained. There's a database for that, and yes, we do check. And they would never pass a drug test to be cleared for use of controlled substances to begin with. Just because it makes you feel good does not mean it's good for you. There are those who I prescribe medications that, you know, can be addictive. But this is done with the understanding that this is for symptom management and often short term, not a legal way to get high. If you use more than you're prescribed, you're abusing it, period. I'm not your bro, I'm not your dealer, and if it comes down to either caving to an inappropriate request for business sake 
or doing what's ethical and keeping my license, I won't be your provider for long either. So what's the end result of not going through the right means of working on you? Self-sabotage. You develop poor, ineffective, or bad coping skills. You make excuses. You settle for less than what your life could be. Self-esteem issues become so great that you almost believe you deserve to feel this way. And the bad habits that make you feel good in the short term, well, they work for a minute. In that moment, you feel in control. But that fades and you're right back to where you started, if not worse. Toxic positivity can be a form of self-sabotage. Some people are okay with the fake it till you make it mindset. Now, I'm all for trying to look on the bright side of life. But at some point, you got to face facts. There are things in life that flat out suck. That's the truth. But when you're a positive to a fault, you just mask your pain. You're burying your feelings and you're dropping deep into denial. I know no, no one wants to be seen as a downer. And sometimes people avoid those who outwardly struggle because it brings everybody down. But just be honest. Don't fake it until you make it because you're just being fake. It's okay not to be okay. Do the work and make it better. When you decide to make the leap into getting professional help, it won't be easy. There are important factors to consider. Again, you need to be honest, both about your symptoms and your history. We can't treat what we don't know about. Even the stuff that's embarrassing, even the stuff that's hard to talk about, we need all of it. Whether it's abuse, substances, poor self-care regimen, we need to know what makes you feel the way you feel so we can actually help you. There may be trial and error. There may be things that don't work. Again, we're here to help you, but you have to put in the work too. So what about those who have seen professionals, have seen a specialist, and for whatever reason, stopped? You tried something, and it didn't work. Why? Did you have a bad reaction? Wrong dosage? Didn't stick with it long enough? Say so! You worked with a therapist that you didn't connect with? Speak up! You're your own best advocate, or your own worst enemy. That's up to you. There are many treatment options out there that I could spend an episode on individual medications alone. It may take some trial and error to find the right medication. We even have new means of testing to check your genetics and see what might be a better fit. It's less difficult than it used to be to find the right medication. Risky, sure. Worth it when it works, you betcha. And as far as therapists, it's pretty much like any other relationship. If it doesn't quit, click, swipe left. If you're not comfortable with the person you're sharing your deepest thoughts with, find somebody you can be open and honest with and not feel judged, lectured, or unheard. So, to put a bow on this conversation, your mental health is important and nearly impossible to treat on your own when things get to a certain level of bad. That first visit is scary, but it needs to be done. Be honest to yourself and your provider, and you may just have a good fighting chance of beating this thing. It's time to get out of your own way and get better. Thanks for listening and let me vent for a bit. As this is very much a work in progress, I plan to add more content as we go. If any of you out there have questions for upcoming mailbag segments or show topic suggestions, hit me up on Instagram where you'll find me at the Mad Scientist MTG. That's MTG as in minding the gap. That's all for this time. Until the next one. Keep moving forward.